Welcome to the Church Split. My name is Brian. What's up, heretics? Yeah, I almost forget to do that sometimes. Anyways, we're doing some new merch that's going to have that on the shirts. So if you want to uh, tell all your friends and family, all your fellow heretics, or those that just get in trouble for uh, thinking for themselves about theology, uh, maybe that's a perfect time to buy a Christmas gift. (laughs) Will's been adding that to the store uh, today, so I think he's announcing it on his live today. Anyways, um, this is pre-recorded, so it's going to be up later. Uh, here at the Church Split, we help you escape your echo chamber, we help you learn to think biblically, and challenge the status quo. Today we're going to do a mini-episode on uh, this topic of original sin, but specifically focus on Psalm 51.5. This one comes up a lot when we're talking about original sin, so I felt like it'd be a good one to just have an individual episode on it just so we can reference it and uh, talk about this specifically. We have a a two-hour episode on original sin. If you want to watch that and go deep dive, because you're probably going to say, hey, Brian, what about this? What about Romans 3? What about Romans 5? What about Genesis 3? Um, Yeah, we talk about all those. Those are all good questions, and uh, most definitely, those all have great answers for them. But what do we mean by the topic of original sin? Uh, What I'm not meaning is that there was an original sin. There was the sin of Adam and the sin of Eve. We all know about that in Genesis 3. Um, But... What I'm talking about specifically is Augustinian original sin, which is a concept created by Augustine back in the the 4th century, I believe, a while ago, but definitely not early, early church, definitely not original, and was essentially a a bastardization, for lack of a better term, of Christianity and Manichaean Gnosticism. And that is where the idea of original sin comes from, as in the doctrine that says that we are born guilty of Adam's sin. Um, which I would 100% reject. So if you don't, then you might want to listen to this episode. And you probably are going to bring Psalm 51.5 to levy against anyone who says that the original sin doctrine is not true. So don't forget to like and subscribe. We're trying to do two to three episodes a week. Um, so a little bit more content than normal. So if you don't want to miss all of them, please make sure you do that. Um, if you don't care about subscribing, then don't. We don't need you. <laughs> Do what you want. It's the internet. I don't care. Um, Okay, so Psalm 51.5. What is the context of Psalm 51 in general? Well, it's it's David lamenting his sins. It's David being sad and upset that he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He created a child out of wedlock, and he's lamenting the consequences of his sin. And... I think we all should lament the consequences of our sin like David is. But what I don't believe this is saying is David saying that, oh my goodness, I'm so sinful. I've been sinful since the moment of my conception. That is not what it's saying. Allow me to prove it to you. So, the verse in the ESV, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Oh, does that... If you just read that and you're thinking with the lens of Augustine original sin, you're probably thinking, see, brought forth in iniquity. And in sin, he was conceived. Let's read that a little bit more carefully. Because a lot of times we approach scripture with our preconceived lens, our preconceived notions. So when we read something, we don't necessarily read it carefully. We read our existing bias into the text. It takes a little bit of carefulness to read a passage and go, what are the different ways that this can be read? What is it actually saying? 
Um, so maybe read it a little bit as if someone's challenging you on that and see if what you believe holds true. Maybe there's another way to read it. I think there is. What a lot of people don't realize is it's pretty well known in the Jewish community that David was conceived in what they thought at the time was sexual immorality by his mother. So think about that a second. Reread that. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Oh, wait a minute. Who's the con- who's the, the context of the sinner in this case? I think it might be his mom. So, and I think he's saying despite the sin of his mother and father, he was still brought into this world. Um, and then given the opportunity to sin just like his mother, and he is lamenting the fact that he has now committed sexual immorality just like his mother did and conceived a child just like his mother did. And he's lamenting, oh man, I'm repeating the same mistakes of my mother. How many people are watching right now have done the same sins as your parents? How much does that piss you off? You're like, I can't believe I did that. You know, one of the best insults to to give someone is to tell them they're being just like whatever parent they don't want to be like. (laughs) It never says here that David started condemned. But the act of his conception was sinful, which makes sense. He's feeling really sorry for himself. He goes, oh my goodness. Even the act of creating me was sinful. And now here I am doing the same thing, creating another human being in the same sinful way. That'd be a pretty hard pill to swallow, wouldn't it? Especially if you know what your mother did and you're like, I'm not going to do that. How many how many uh, products of, of teenage pregnancies are saying, I will, well, I'm definitely not going to get pregnant like my mom did in high school. How many times does that happen? How bad would you feel if you were hell-bent on not following in your mother's footsteps or your father's footsteps and getting someone knocked up or getting knocked up in high school and then you go do this, do it yourself. You would feel pretty stupid, wouldn't you? So this doctrine of original sin is from Augustine of Hippo and he states that we are born sinners and born guilty of Adam's sin and it's essentially an STD that's passed on through the act of procreation to offspring. This obviously creates some Interesting ramifications as far as theology goes, uh, that's where the whole idea of immaculate conception comes from in the Catholic Church, where they believe that Mary was sinless in perpetuity, that she was given a special kind of grace. She was conceived immaculately without the stain of sin, and then was able to, therefore, then give birth to Jesus without passing along the STD of original sin. Or that whole idea is wrong. And we have a video on the sinlessness of Mary that you can go check out as well. So there's some trans- translation bias here with this verse. So I think if you're reading your NIV or NLT and going, Brian, you are so full of it. Read my verse and see what it says because it says born sinner. Yes, be careful of this because there are different ways these English translations are translated. I'm definitely not a King James onlyist by any stretch of the imagination. But I understand that certain translations translate verses better than others. And I understand that doctrine of the translators might influence the way that they render the text in the original Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic. So, let's look what the NIV says. The NIV says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Oh boy, if we took that, that definitely affirms Augustine original sin. But is that what it says? NLT says, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Same thing. That seems to be game, set, match. Augustine original sin, true. Just read the text, right? Just read that English Bible. But let's look at the other major translations. 
The NASB, the New King James, both say it exactly the same way. They say, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. ASV says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. RSV, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. ESV, the one I read originally, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Notice these major translations all seem to render it the same way, and only some of these other ones seem to be outliers of that. And we can see how it could happen, right? You believe in Augustine Original Sin. You're a translator. You're reading this. You're going, well, I've always known Psalm 51.5 to be affirming Augustine Original Sin, born sinful. Look, here's David talking about it. Or were they not just being careful? So let's see what it actually says. Let's look at the Hebrew. Now, I am not a Hebrew scholar by any means, so do not have to take this as fact. This is me reading what other Hebrew scholars have said. With that caveat out of the way, this is what the Hebrew says. Behold, in transgression, I caused labor pains, and by a sinner, she was in heat to conceive me, my mother. So, what it looks like it's saying is, David's feeling bad that he caused labor pains. So he's like, man, I am causing all kinds of stuff left and right my entire life. Now, is causing labor pains sinful? I don't think even people that believe in Augustinian original sin would say that, that causing natural pains that were, by the way, predicted and prescribed by God to Eve in Genesis 3. Genesis 3, verse 16 says, To the woman, he said, God talking to Eve, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. The increased childbearing pains, the, the pain in, when you bring forth children, the process of giving labor, being in labor, is painful, as prescribed by God. Now, is he condemning babies in this? No, 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 no. The whole context is Eve done messed up, and he's giving a punishment. Not a curse, by the way. Some people who believe in Augustine original sin say, oh, look, humanity was cursed in Genesis 3. Reread it. There's no curse of man. Cursed is the ground. Cursed is Satan. But consequences are given to Adam and Eve and for mankind. So, I don't think that you can say that, that any mother is getting child pain, childbearing pain, labor pains, because their child is sinful. I think that's a stretch, even if you are a diehard Augustinian original sin fan. So, the word... Here specifically, which I think it's Yahem, if I can try my my Hebrew. <laughs> if you know Hebrew, uh, please troll me in the comment section if that was wrong. But the word means to sin while in heat. I want you to think about that for a second. We talk about animals being in heat, this, this animalistic desire to have sex, to procreate. Is that a sin we ever levy on a child, on a baby? on a couple cells that have come together in the womb? I don't think so. So, I think just plain reading of that word specifically, to sin in heat, an animalistic passion, um, is not something that we can ascribe to a child, especially one that's just being conceived. So, that word, by the way, is, is H3179. Outline a biblical usage. To be hot, to conceive. To be hot, to become hot, to mate of animals, or to become hot, figure of anger. 
or to conceive sexually to be in heat of animals, which is that form is what's being used in um, Psalm 51.5. So some further examination of that word usage in the Old Testament. It's used several times, and it's really used two different ways, with the outlier being Psalm 51.5, if you believe in Augustinian original sin and that this verse is prescribing evidence in the text of Augustine original sin. So the first way it's used is this idea of being uh, of the way I think it's been used in Psalm 51.5, that it's to be conceived, animals conceiving, conceiving animalistically, being in heat. What verse are those? Genesis 30, 38, 39, and 41, and Genesis 31, verse 10. Those are all the ones that are prescribing that word in a way that's um, animalistic conception in heat. The rest of them are about being hot. Deuteronomy 19.6, 1 Kings 1.1, 1, 1, Ecclesiastes 4.11, and Ezekiel 24.11. So we have really two usage. You're warm, you're conceiving like an animal. Actually, the rest of them are all actually talking about animals conceiving. So the one outlier we have here is David's mother. So is David's mother conceiving in heat like an animal? Is that how he's describing his mother? Or is he saying that she was really warm? <laughs> I think it, when you look at it from that context, I think even more it makes the case that I'm trying to make is that this is not a verse prescribing Augustine original sin at all, but is David lamenting that he's committing the same sin that his mother did. So, one thing to consider, you remember how David is anointed. He's anointed by Samuel. Right, and this is captured in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Samuel is told by God to go um, to anoint someone to replace Saul. Uh, Samuel is nervous about doing this, thinks he might get killed for doing this because it's essentially insurrection. And God's like, no, 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 I've already moved past Saul and I moved on to someone else and you will find him today and you will anoint him. So, let's just read this. Starting with uh, verse 6 and then through 13 in 1 Samuel 16. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or his height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse, then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from the day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. When you read that the first time, and you're thinking in original sin context, um, were you thinking that it was weird that David wasn't with the rest of the brothers? Or you're like, ah, he's the youngest, so he's just with, with the animals on the field. He's just being a shepherd. But take the, take the context that I'm saying, and David 
was known to have been conceived in sexual sin by his mother and is considered kind of second class to his brothers. And when Jesse, his dad, is parading all of his sons in front of Samuel to see which one will be king, he decides to exclude the one that uh, was conceived in a way that was immoral. Wouldn't you want to hide that person? They're looking for a king of Israel. Certainly it's not going to be the bastard child that is David, right? Send him out in the fields. Let him tend to the sheep. The real sons of Jesse are going to be out in front of Samuel. It's almost like a real-world Cinderella story in some aspects. Anyways, at least it could be that Jesse wasn't treating David like this, and this just happens to be that he was the youngest and he was out in the field. But given the context of Psalm 51.5 and David proclaiming that he was conceived in sexual immorality, in the sin of sexual animalistic heat, then perhaps he was actually being treated a little bit different than the rest of his brothers. It sure seems, at the very least, in 1 Samuel 16, that David is being treated slightly different than the rest of his brothers. So it makes you wonder. This is not going to be a long video. I hope this was helpful, at least to understand that there is definitely different translations of Psalm 51.5 in English. There seems to be some translational bias in the NIV and the NLT that don't seem to render what the actual Hebrew is saying. The Hebrew word for um, the sin of this conception that his mother did, that is being stated as sinful, is, is used either as animalistic sexual heat or being hot, warm. So I don't think David's talking about it, that his mother was warm and sinful. I think he was saying that his mother conceived him in sexual heat, very much like an animalistic heat, um, falling victim to temptation, right? If that's the case, then this verse is not proof text for Augustine original sin. In fact, it should only be brought up in that context to prove that this is not a proof text for it. And we can move on to other verses that people might want to use, like Romans 3, Romans 5, or something like that. Anyways, I hope this has been helpful. I hope this uh, spawns and spurs some interesting uh, comments in the comment section. But my name is Brian. This has been The Church Split. Take care, and God bless. And guys, if you want to avoid seeing obnoxious ads like this, we gotta be strong, we gotta be healthy. When you wanna feel nice and strong and satisfied, you gotta check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com, use promo code Knowles. Or that. We also want to thank Free Life Soap, because I don't know about y'all, yes. but I got a new shipment of soap yes, in. I did. Yes, I did. And it was great. Or this. Hi guys, my name is Will, and I'm here to tell you why you should be a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Or that. To get to that momentarily, first, I want to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Are you aware that your browsing data is constantly being tracked and monitored? Please support us on Patreon. We do not want to annoy you filthy heretics with any sort of ads on this show. So when you're a Patreon subscriber, you also get access to our apologetics classes and other video content a whole month. You can support us on Patreon for as low as $1 a month.